Welcome to this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. And what an interesting week it was again as we look at weather issue concerns. We'll talk crops not only here in the States, but in the Ukraine. There's dryness that is being talked about from the Middle East to even areas of Brazil now talking about some drier weather moving in for their second corn crop. So that's going to make things interesting. It may only be $8 bids in Nebraska for corn, but we're going to talk about what's happening to the South and how that's affecting the cattle market as well. We've got a lot coming up on today's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back as we continue now. You can see joining me on the screen is Darren Fessler. He's with Lakefront Futures and Arlen Sudermove, Stonex. And gentlemen, it's quite the interesting week that we have started with. And, and Darren, I'm going to kind of start it off with you a little bit. Let's talk about this, what you're hearing in the old crop top um, when it comes to folks wondering, are we here or is there more to go on this old crop? See, and that's a that's a great question to start off with because to me, you look at some of the spread action here recently, and and you kind of relate this back to the acres report. And I, I've been in the camp telling clients, I think some of the spread action on old crop, whether it be uh, May Dees, May Sep, July Dees, uh, I think that that's still going to have a pretty strong underlying bid for now. I think that. We may have to start to ration some old crop supplies, maybe to push that into that new crop balance sheet. Uh, but I, I am watching the spread action. May set another new high yet again. I mean, the, the May has been very, very impressive here. And I, I think that as we get closer to first notice day, I, I, I still think that that I wouldn't be surprised if May, May takes out $8 on the board here pretty soon, maybe even next week. Is there some supply concerns that you're hearing about for the old crop, Darren? Um, there is definitely, if you are, uh, some feed yards, I'm hearing some feed yards in Kansas, they are willing to travel some good distances and pay well above what the board is to try to get some, uh, supplies at the moment here. Uh, but that nearby, that's, that, that is what I'm hearing about, uh, some feed yards. All right, Arlen, we got to talk about those feedlots since Darren kind of brought it up. We were talking about bids here in Nebraska at $8 for corn, but then you chimed in right away and said, Hey, it's a lot higher the farther South you go. Yeah, as you go far south in the southern feedlot district, you're over $9 corn. And uh, that makes those last couple of weeks when you get your least efficient gains in the cattle uh, pretty expensive feeding these cattle. And that's why they're trying to push these things, these animals through. Uh, and that was one of the reasons we struggled there for several weeks with the cash cattle price. Um, but we've cleaned up some of that. Uh, we've seen the weights coming down now, the carcass weights. And uh, that's an indication that we're starting to get uh, some of those animals down and through the system. And I think we saw a better week this last week with uh, cash cattle prices firming. But as you talk about the Western Feedlot District, we're coming on wheat harvest time. And so normally we'd be looking at with these corn prices, okay, let's get ready and, and let's get the wheat out of the field and into the feedlot and let's feed wheat this summer. But with wheat prices being where they are, and particularly in the Western Plains, the crop looks the worst. The crop ratings are horrendous. We've seen a lot of dust storms in the Western Plains this spring. 
and even last week we saw more of or this past week we saw more of them and uh, so the availability of wheat may be very tight this year to feed so that's why they're anxious to get corn wherever they can get it and then once we started losing that efficiency again move those animals out that's going to add some extra pressure not only to to cattle producers especially those ones that were looking for feedstuffs to keep those replacement heifers around which as you and i talked earlier this week there's a lot headed to slaughter because of it yeah there really is and we talked for the last year about the heavy cow slaughter and that pace seems to be gaining some momentum here uh, we're seeing higher cow slaughter than we've seen um, even then 2010 2011 so um, it, this is something that's really going to come back to haunt us down the road when we start seeing the smaller numbers for feeding. Darren, when we look at this weather that we're dealing with, I mean, on the you look west of the Mississippi, it's it's pretty miserable, except for North Dakota right now, which is just totally under snow at this point. But it's definitely dry. Eastern Corn Belt, definitely wet. It's the tale of two cities. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I could even pinpoint that Missouri River West, uh, it, it's extremely dry. I mean, we've been getting some decent rains here in Lincoln. I'd say eastern Nebraska is shaping up pretty good. But you speak to clients in Illinois, for example, they don't want any more rain. I mean, and, you know, that makes me really concerned about the far extremes of the western Corn Belt here, let's say Lincoln West, because, you know, you get out into cattle country, Grand Island West, Given the, the high cost of gains uh, and the drought conditions they've had, Arlen makes a very good point here where I think that you could see a flush of cattle come to this market here relatively soon, but you get to the Q4 and Q1s of next year, Q2 uh, of 23, things get very, very interesting in cattle here because it, it doesn't pencil out you know, a cow-calf guy at these levels. And and until we start getting some rain, until we know about what how this crop has really got off to a start, which as of last Monday, only 2% planted, we're not going to know that for a little while. Uh, I still think this corn uh, is still going to have a strong bit underneath of it. And cattle, it, it's hard for them to really, as we've talked about, really make some sustainable moves higher here. Well, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, let's look at soybeans. Because it's so dry, I'm going to ask both of you the same question. Because it's so dry, is there the potential? I've heard rumblings of guys thinking, well, maybe we should switch from corn to beans. Uh, I'm definitely hearing that. I'm, uh, a lot of the dealers, seed dealers that, I, that are also cl farmer clients of mine, um, they have had a lot of requests here since the acreage report and over the last week here, hey, can we get the availability of corn now? We're we going to switch from beans to corn. And there's a lot of that mindset going on right now. And I don't even think it, it is a, a fertilizer supply. If they got the fertilizer, they are going to go to corn here. And, and that's why I think that, you know, the higher these 22 moves, I think there needs to be, a you know, air on the side of caution here uh, because of what we what we potentially could see come the June report. Um, I'm, I'm obviously been publicly kind of critical about the USDA's numbers on um you know the acres but i think come june i think we could be looking at a whole different ball game arlen what are you thinking about corn versus bean acres yeah i think most producers have have locked in pretty much what they want to do can there be some adjustment yes and i think the weather is going to play into that certainly and and that's usually what plays into it but uh They've really been penciling this out all winter long. The market's trying to change their mind on it. Um, and uh, if we do have much of a change to more corn acres, 
then we're really going to have to worry about can we get the chemical in, can we get the fertilizer in in order to service that need. Um, that's going to be a concern as well. But uh, I think regardless, we're going to be looking at a lot of soybean acres double crop behind wheat if we get the wheat harvested in time across much of the southern and eastern Midwest into the southern and central plains. And looking at the fact that we're dry here, we're not the only ones that are dry. The Middle East is dry and dry weather is continuing to plague South America. It, it really is. And, and the you know, USDA raised the size of the corn crop for Brazil by 3 million metric tons um, in their last crop report, the WASDE crop report. And I didn't really have a problem with that. We'd gone up 2 million metric tons ourselves. And it's because basically in April 1, the corn crop looked good. The Safrina corn crop looked good. But those last few days of March, the weather pattern started to change. It hadn't had much effect on the crop then on April 1st, which is when those estimates were as of. But since then, it has started to affect the crop, not to a great extent yet, but we're in the pollination phase. Think of this as being mid-July in our growing season, and it hasn't rained for a couple of weeks. Their soils aren't as forgiving. They're not dealing with a lot of heat, so that helps. I'm not talking a crop disaster. But I am talking a scenario now that if we go another couple of weeks with this low rainfall, which is what the forecasters are talking about, then we're into May when it's the end of the rainy season and it tends to shut off anyway. And that leaves the crop with very little moisture then for the grain field. So it takes the top off production in a year when we can't afford to lose any production. What's your thoughts on, uh, and I'm going to ask Darren this as well, December 23. What are your thoughts on this crop? You know, if you look at December 23, uh, it's up there at some levels where we, we would normally be thinking, hey, this is a good price to do, uh, place to do some pricing. And if you're heavily leveraged, um, that particularly would be a track to start looking at that. But make sure you, you're always looking at margins. Don't just look at where the opportunity is for pricing the next year's production. It's a year, year and a half away without also looking at your crop inputs and what you can do to try to... Uh, lock those prices in as well. That's more challenging, um, but there are some things. Talk to your uh, supplier, see what you can do. The suppliers do have some opportunities to lock in some derivatives with using the derivatives that maybe they can pool some people to do some of that. Um, but watch your margins. Reminds me a lot of 2006 when people are saying, why aren't you recommending locking in $3 corn two and three years out? And then we saw fertilizer prices really take off. All right, Darren, what are you thinking about this this new crop of next year's growing season? Arlen nailed it on the head. I mean, it, it, he explained it beautifully. And you got to be looking at your margins next year. Uh, e even though we're a long ways out here, I mean, I was talking to fertilizer dealers who are clients of ours as well just here today. And if you look at some of the input ratios to corn right now, yes, it is really high versus historical levels. Um, but I think you've got to be as a producer, um, you may not have anything sold for 22, but I think you have to keep 23 and 24 on the mind here and just watch it. I don't have any wrecks out there to do anything yet, but you, we got to keep it on the forefront of our minds here. Um, one thing I'd like to make note of that is, yes, we've seen years where like a 2006 and you've missed these big run-ups here, you know, watch these outside markets. I think you watch equities, you watch the rising rates, you watch the consumer sediment. There's things in the economy that could offset some of these larger gains here. Real quick, Arlen, UP, is that something we need to watch when it comes to this rail movement? Yeah, it could really tighten up movement of fertilizer. CF uses a lot of their own cars. 
uh, from moving fertilizer into, into position. And they're gonna be restricted in how they can do that with UP policies right now, trying to get things moving. Well, thanks to both of you for joining us this week. As always, I want to remind folks, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Nebraska Soybean Bar Weekly Market Roundup.